A reading from the Gospel according to St. Mark. Immediately, Jesus left the synagogue at Capernaum and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever, and immediately they told him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and the fever left her, and she served them. That evening at sundown they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered together about the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And in the morning, a great while before day, he rose and went out to a lonely place and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is searching for you. And he said to them, Let us go on to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. The word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. What a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Wouldn't you have just loved to have been there on this particular Sabbath day in Capernaum? It all began with Jesus entering the synagogue where he encountered a man with an unclean spirit and he did an exorcism. And then in our text today, it reports that he immediately left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon Peter, which is literally right across the street, and he healed Peter's mother-in-law who was sick. And then that same sundown, Mark tells us that the whole city brought to Simon's doorstep many doorstep many who were sick with all kinds of ailments and diseases uh, and bad spirits and Jesus healed them one after another he healed them Galilee surely had never seen such a day as this and obviously there were no uh, texting uh, no emails uh, even phone calls but the word just spread like wildfire and we told that the next morning, uh, the Bible says everyone was searching for Jesus, for healing. And I would imagine that you can think of a reason that you might want to go for, for healing or, or for someone that's, that you love very much would have a reason to go there to be healed uh, by the Lord. Well, as marvelous as the day was, we should not be naive about of the people who were searching for Jesus. And what comes to mind immediately to me is, is at least for me, the worst commercial uh, that, that has ever been made. And I, I've talked about it before, but I mentioned it again because it, as I remember, it was a whole grain cereal commercial that's high on whatever is supposed to be good for you. And in the commercial, this obviously retired, very nice looking uh, a couple is 
is at a club standing next to a tennis court uh, and a swimming pool having just eaten a bowl uh, of the uh, cereal and drinking, uh, drinking juice for breakfast. They're, they're beautifully tanned in their uh, tennis garb uh, and she uh, stands up and puts her hand on, a, on her husband's shoulder and she says, well, my husband and I believe that if you have your health, you have everything. Is, is that right? Well, Jesus didn't think if you have your health, you have everything. He saw that sinful man had a much, much greater need. We see in this passage before us uh, a remarkable passage, verse, uh, verse, a remarkable verse, verse 38. After Jesus was told that everyone was searching for him to be healed, he said, No, let us go into the next town that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And so we see here that bodily cures were subsidiary to his main work. Jesus knew that you can have your health and have nothing unless you have the one thing needful. And thus all of his emphasis here was on preaching, specifically the gospel, the good news, as he specifically described it in Luke 4.43. Now the ways and the means of this good news, the gospel that needed to be preached, would not be totally understood until after the death and resurrection, but the gospel in embryo was to be preached uh, to hurting people. Let us go to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. It's so refreshing to hear preaching uh, spoken of here without a sneer. Uh, my father, years ago, after he learned that I was entering into the ordained ministry, he said, Now, son, just don't go around sounding preachy. <clears throat> Preaching. Preaching is defined as having a style marked by obvious moralizing. Someone told me that, you know, said, you know, St. Paul never preached to the people. He simply declared what Christ had accomplished. I said, well, that's what preaching was in the New Testament, declaring what Christ had accomplished. And that is exactly why St. Paul said it so boldly. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. And do you know that those words... Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel, they are inlaid in brass right here uh, in, in, in this pulpit. It's a reminder to me of why Jesus came into the world. It's a reminder to me that, that preaching, proclaiming the gospel is above any and everything else that I do. And it's just a shame to see how the meaning of preaching the gospel uh, is misunderstood, even by some of the most sincere church leaders on the way to Clemson. Uh, on the South Carolina back road, there's a little country church with what Episcopalians would consider a tacky marquee on wheels, a sign that reads, Full Gospel Church. <clears throat> it's been there for years, and one day I finally stopped uh, and went in. I asked for the pastor. Uh, he wasn't in, but the receptionist was able to answer my question. I said, what, what, what do we mean by a full gospel church? And she replied proudly, she said, well, sir, that means we don't preach just part of the Bible, we preach all of the Bible. There you go. You see, all of the Bible is not gospel. Yes, everything in the Bible is God's word, but everything in the Bible is not gospel. The Bible also contains the law. <clears throat> and the law strikes no bargain with sinners. The law condemns as it should. For example, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and all thy mind. That's the summary of the law. And if our salvation depended on how, good, how well we could keep that, then we would be all doomed. The summary of the gospel, on the other hand, is any number of verses, but 
I think of therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. That's the gospel. And Jesus said in the Great Commission at the end of Luke to go preach uh, the gospel that forgives us sins in my name to all nations. We preach the gospel, the good news, because we are commanded uh, to preach it. And so St. Paul was right to say, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. The gospel is the most transforming power on, in, in the world. Mr. Greg Parton, Esquire, he's a, a lawyer and a partner in the oldest law firm in western United States, located in Santa Barbara, California. Upon graduation from college, he spent seven years with, on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ. <clears throat> By the way, he wrote an interesting essay in Modern Reformation entitled, Appearing Before God Without a Lawyer. Isn't that an intriguing uh, title? Now, we hope to get him here as a Lenten preacher next year. But here's what he said about his early experience with Campus Crusade. He said, I was told to yield more, pray more, care more about unbelievers, read the Bible more, get involved with the church more, love my wife more, love my kids more. But my obedience, my yielding, my Bible verse memorization, my prayers, my zeal, my witnessing, all my training had me on a treadmill of merit. My solid training <clears throat> was killing me. Indeed. The law is designed to kill, as it should, because we must be born again. But the gospel of grace does not kill. The gospel of grace, tis music in a sinner's ears, tis life and health and peace. I spend my time with people who carry guilt, and guilt is not always bad, like pain. It can drive us to the physician. And when I talk to a poor, struggling sinner whose burden is intolerable, it gives me great joy to talk to him about the gospel. If I tell a poor, burdened sinner that, that you must go home and pray and you must memorize this and you must memorize that and you must read three psalms a day, I don't give him life. Now, Lord knows I'm not against praying and reading the psalms, but the conscience, bruised and bleeding, needs no good instruction, needs no more law, needs only gospel. The law... The moral teachings of non-Christian religions is essentially the same as found in the Bible. But the gospel gives Christianity its utter uniqueness. The gospel declares that sins are forgiven for the sake of Jesus' suffering, death on the cross. And the joy of honest-to-goodness forgiveness is not just a momentary spiritual fix. It's the rock foundation of peace with God. Brothers and sisters... Everything we do here is based on the gospel. Our outreach is administered with the gospel message. Our pastoral care is administered with the gospel message. Joe Warren and his team hear the same call from God as I do standing in this pulpit, entering into our hospital rooms. There comes the apostolic cry, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. Standing around dozens of deathbeds, it's the same cry, Woe to me. For not, do not preach the gospel. So yes, I would have loved to have been there that day in Capernaum, Galilee, to see the healing powers of the Lord, the lepers healed on the lame folks, throwing aside their crutches and deaf people, hearing for the first time and blind people, suddenly looking around in amazement. But Jesus saw that this healing was secondary. 
to the ultimate need of the human race. Because if all you do is heal a sinner, then what you end up with is a sinner in a healthy body. We can indeed have our health. We can have all the world has to offer and not have the one thing needful. So woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. And if it is woe to us if we do not preach the gospel, then it is woe to us sinners if we do not hear the gospel and receive it. May the God of grace open our ears and our hearts to hear and receive the sweetest music heaven has to offer. The gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.